broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. They came out and they have some really, really great players um, all over their defense, um, and especially on offense, as everyone knows. But um, you know they're, they're they're super talented, well coached. Uh, you know, and I, I felt that uh, you know we didn't put our best foot forward, but at the same time, I don't want to take anything away from them because they beat us, and uh, you know they did a good job, uh, you know, stopping us and um, you know getting the ball from us and and all those things. So for uh, for myself, always is you know you want to take care of the football, um, you know, while still staying aggressive um, and all those good things. So um, you know they. You know, they, they beat us last time, and, uh, you know, we know what kind of team they are because we played them, and uh, they're super good, super talented, uh, really well coached, like I said, and uh, it'll be an exciting challenge for us. You know who that was. That was Raiders quarterback Derek Carr breaking down the Cincinnati Bengals. Who are they? That's who the Raiders play tomorrow right here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cold, but not too bad. I think it's going to be uh, all right for the uh, Raiders in that regard tomorrow. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonson. You are brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on the Friday before the Raiders' first playoff game since 2016. It's ready to get off here in Cincinnati. I cannot wait. I can basically see the stadium from my hotel room. A uh, lot of Raider fans here in town. A lot of Raider fans are on my flight. Red eye flight, man. <laughs> uh, here to, uh, to to Cincinnati, and I was not feeling very well. Uh, got the booster shot a couple of days ago. Kind of hit me late, but I'm good to go now. I cannot wait till tomorrow's game. Four thirty locally, one thirty uh, Pacific time uh, over on the West Coast. A lot of Raider fans, uh, obviously, a lot of Bengal fans uh, here uh, showing out their colors. But I really enjoyed listening to Derek Carr uh, right there breaking down the Bengals and really what happened. The first time around when the Raiders played uh, the Cincinnati Bengals way back on November 21st, we all know what happened in terms of the score, 32-13. to 13, But really, that was a close game going into the fourth quarter. If you remember correctly, the Bengals outscored the Raiders 19-7 to in the third or the fourth quarter, I should say. That's really where the game turned, and it really turned at that point because the Raiders' defense just ran out of gas. We'll go through the ugly uh, numbers here for the Raiders in that game and why I think and truly believe if the Raiders can clean up some of the uh, self-inflicted wounds uh, they had in that game uh, back in November, they can make this not just a competitive game. They can beat the Cincinnati Bengals flat out. Uh, I'm calling it right now that there's no doubt in my mind they're, they're more than talented enough, more than ready to go play a big football game and be able to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, if you look back at that game in November, the Cincinnati Bengals ran 70 plays to the Raiders' 47. You want to know why the Raiders' defense faltered and kind of folded in that fourth quarter? Yeah, they ran out of gas. Um, you just can't have that. And why was that the case? Well, uh, third down efficiency, the Cincinnati Bengals were 8 of 16. The Raiders were 1 of 7. If you remember... That was a period of time where the Raiders could not figure out a way uh, to to uh, convert third downs. They were really bad at that during that uh, period of time of this season. And not only that, there were a couple of times in that game that I vividly recall, both on offense and on defense, where the Raiders 
because of their own penalties jumping off sides defensively. If you remember, the uh, I think it was Unique and Gakwe with the uh, little touch of Joe Burrow after he had gotten rid of the ball. It was called, uh, you know, unnecessary roughness. Boom, there's a first down for the Bengals. There was a first down because somebody jumped off sides defensively. There were first downs taken away uh, for the Raiders offensively because of, um, you know, penalties. And if I remember correctly, there was a couple of short third and uh, third and short situations, maybe even a fourth uh, that got pushed back because of an uh, offensive uh, penalty, jumping off sides, that sort of thing. So uh, there was a lot of Raider mistakes in that game, and that really contributed to the fourth quarter fade of the defense and what was a close game up until that point became a blowout. And if you look at the time of possession, 37 minutes and 27 20 seconds for the Bengals, 22 minutes and 40 seconds. You're just not going to beat anybody unless you're scoring at will on every single play, you know, and it adds up to 22 minutes of, of time of possession. Uh, and you're just scoring a lot in those in that time of possession, which we know, obviously, the Raiders didn't. They only scored 13 points, uh, a field goal in the first quarter, a field goal in the second quarter, and then a touchdown in the fourth quarter. It just wasn't a good, clean day for the Raiders. Nevertheless, they kept it a game until, uh, like we saw, well, like we talked about the fourth quarter. And if you're looking at, all right, Joe Burrow and and all of his you know great weapons. Well, Joe Burrow was twenty of twenty nine for one hundred and forty eight yards and a touchdown. Not a bad uh, effort defensively to to limit Joe Burrow uh, in that regard. I think the Raiders would obviously take that again. Um, maybe with a couple of interceptions uh, mixed in tomorrow in, in the rematch. What they can't have is Joe Mixon kind of controlling the tempo. He had 30 carries for 123 yards uh, in the first game. Josh Jacobs, nine carries for 37 yards. That was a leader for the Raiders. The Raiders cannot move the ball uh, in that game on the ground. The Raiders had 206 yards passing to 129 for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Um uh, there were three sacks for um, the, the, the Raiders. They could use that again, obviously. Uh, 72 yards rushing. They need to obviously uh, clean that up and get that uh, up and above uh, maybe 100 yards or so uh, to really put themselves in a good position offensively. Seven penalties for 77 yards for the Raiders. That's obviously not going to get it done, especially when the Bengals only had one penalty for five yards. They also lost the turnover battle two to one. So, as we're sitting here talking about this and reciting all the ugly details uh, and finer points and crunching the numbers, there was no way the Raiders were going to win those that game with that kind of an effort, with those type of numbers, with the type of mistakes that they ended up having in that game. They didn't give them a, themselves a chance. And so it came down in the fourth quarter, and the Raiders' defense was gassed, and that's when Joe uh, Mixon really kind of turned it on and started taking control of the game. Say that to say this. Those are all, every single one of those the numbers that we just brought up, all of those are correctable. This wasn't a, oh my gosh, the Cincinnati Bengals are so much better than the uh, LA or the Las Vegas Raiders. It's not even close to being the case. It was the Raiders had to not only play the Bengals, they kind of had to play themselves as well. So when you have to beat the opponent and then yourself, like you're having to fight yourself off, because you're, you know, committing all these uh, self-inflicted uh, uh, penalties and wounds and mistakes. Well, that's a hard day at the office, especially at this level, because those guys are pretty darn good as well. If they can clean that up, 
if they can get closer, obviously, on the time of possession, if they can win the turnover battle, if they can limit the mistakes, especially those silly bonehead penalties. I don't remember another game where, uh, you know, us in the press box, you know, all my colleagues uh, from Adam Hill and uh, Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review Journal, uh, to Sean Reed, um, you know, uh, Paul Gutierrez, uh, ESPN, and and obviously the Athletic, uh, Vic Tafer from the Athletic. We're just all looking at each other going, what the what, 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 what's going on here? You know, it's one thing to make a mistake here or there, but that was just a collection of mistakes on that Sunday in, in Las Vegas that just completely conspired and sabotaged every effort that the Raiders had uh, or every objective that the Raiders had to win that game. You just can't win games like that, not at this level. But the silver lining is, I, I find it hard to believe especially where the Raiders are right now as a team, mentally, all of that. I just don't see them having that kind of a game. If they do, it's lights out on the 2021 season. Let's start talking about, you know, what they're going to do moving forward. Because it's obvious you're not going to win, especially on the road, against a good team like the Cincinnati Bengals with that kind of blueprint. you got to change that blueprint. I think it's in the Raiders to do that. And if they do, I think that this is going to be a very competitive game tomorrow. And I do not rule out whatsoever the Raiders winning that game. Out to the Raider Nation listener line. Eddie is in L.A. How you doing, Eddie? How you doing, Vinny? How you doing? Missed you yesterday. Oh, yeah. I was Man, I was down for the count, man. Uh, yeah, but, you know, know you got to get that booster. And uh, I did it. And uh, I'm feeling much better. But, uh, uh, you know, sorry. And, uh, by the way, thanks to Q Myers for having my back yesterday. You know, I probably called him at 12, 1 o'clock. I don't remember what it was because I was blurry-eyed at that point. I was like, dude, I cannot. I'm not going to be able to do this today. So I got to give you guys my best effort. There was no way I was going to do that yesterday. Uh, but thanks for uh, hanging in there. And I'm fired up about tonight and fired up about tomorrow. Yeah, so am I. I. I was at the game earlier in the year when they played since in Vegas. And it is just so gratifying to be able to see our boys have a second chance at revenge here, just like they did against the Bolts this past weekend. But, you know, um, like I was talking to you earlier in the week, these guys, you know, this is a very good road team. Our boys are a very good road team. There was a couple of, a couple of losses that they should have won for one reason or another they lost for instead of hashing that. Anyways, but they, they match up really well. I think this is a game where, honestly, I think Jack, uh, Jackson's really going to break out. I think they're going to figure out a way to get him the ball, especially in, in work the middle of that field on short intermediate passes and get him down in the end zone. I, I, I really see a big game for him. I know that it's, 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 it's going to be cold weather, but they're going to pick their spots, pick their moments. They're going to be double-teaming Renfro and, uh, and Waller, hopefully, and that's going to open up for him and speed. And I think we got, we got this. I think our defense is much improved. I think uh, our offense has uh, has found, uh, settled down, has found a rhythm. J- uh, Josh Jacobs is out there running with a purpose. And, man, I'm just fired up, and I can't wait. Um, one of the things I did want to ask you is, what do you think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to attack our defense, especially since they, they're, they're, it's not the same defense from early in the year? Yeah, uh, great call, Eddie. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, have a great night tonight, and uh, good luck to your team tomorrow. Um, 
you know, I, I would imagine that they're going to try to, uh, you know, uh, square up on Brandon Faison. Um, he's like, if you're looking at, and I wouldn't call Brandon a weak link by any stretch of the imagination, but who are you going to go after? Casey Hayward or Brandon Faison? I think that's a pretty self-explanatory uh, question. You know, they may challenge um, the, the young uh, uh, linebacker for the Raiders, Divine Diablo. Um, I think that Divine... He's just got a way about him uh, that you feel good about where he is. And, you know, if he gets stressed on some, on, on you know, some pass uh, uh, coverage, he, I think he's up to that challenge. Uh, but we'll see. They're definitely going to challenge him. They're definitely going to challenge uh, Faison. I mean, they could try to challenge Nate Hobbs, but but that dude usually comes to play. So uh, be careful uh, in that regard. Um, I'm sure they're going to try to uh, to see if they can attack uh, over the top uh, and force uh, Trayvon uh, Morg uh, into some tough tough spots, so that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, and of course, they're going to probe with uh, Joe Mixon and the run game to see if they could get that off. It was something that worked for them uh, last in the in the last matchup. But much like you know the Chargers with Austin Eckler, uh, who chewed up the Raiders in that first meeting between those two teams, you got to figure the Raiders are going to be more aware. Uh, more in tune and probably make some adjustments in terms of the run defense. I also think the run defense is just in a better place uh, right now than it was a little bit earlier in the season. And November 21st wasn't all that long ago. But if you look at the Raiders right now, having played and defended um, run-heavy teams in the Cleveland Browns, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, the Denver Broncos, and then the Chargers, who had Austin Eckler kind of chewed them up in the first meeting. They've done a really good job in the run game, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Joe Mixon. Uh, if they could do something along the lines of what they did against Jonathan Taylor, I know he went for over 100 yards a couple of weeks ago, but, but as we've mentioned many times, 107, you'll take. Because that dude's liable to go for 180, 190, over 200 yards and just destroy you and control a football game. So um, I think they're going to have some different answers now for Joe Mixon. But it'll be interesting. Uh, from what I hear, talking to some you know colleagues here in Cincinnati, uh, they've really put the ball and the game in Joe Burrow's hands. Uh, so he threw, what, 29 times against the Raiders in the first meeting? I'm going to guess that he's going to be, you know, up and above uh, the 30s uh, in this game because that really, truly is their strength. They've got a bevy of wide receivers that you've got to be aware of. Um, any one of them can can break a big play. So, uh, you know, you got to be aware of that. Uh, but I think that, you know, again, Brandon Faison, probably Divine Diablo uh, and Trayvon Mora go against, you know, go, go at the younger uh, parts of this defense uh, and see if the Raiders are ready to uh, or able to hold up uh, when when those guys get stressed out. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Passionate Raider is on the line. You all right, Passionate Raider? Yes, you cool? I mean, yes, you, are, are, we, are we good? It's going to be a nice, easy night tonight for you. Um, you know, man, just hey, chill out. And, hey. Yeah. I woke up. I'm glad you're feeling all right, man. You know, I was a little – Thank you, I man. Was a little, I was a little crappy this week, too. But, you know, it's getting closer to Friday. Tomorrow's the day. You know, yep. it's just – man, it's chilling. it's chilling time tonight. It's time to go into chill mode. And get ready the calm before the storm. That's what it's about tonight, Vinny. I just want to, man, I just, I just really pray and hope that, you know, the boys come out there tomorrow with, the, with, with, with just, just focus, nothing else but that football field, and protect it and holding on to that ball and making sure their quarterback stays on his feet so he can make the plays down the field. I pray that Jacobs can just get it going. We can rely on him. Control the clock, Vinny. I just want to control the clock, man. Keep Burrow off the field. I, I don't think we can survive another game 
where we have to play that many snaps on defense. I got faith in the boys. I got faith that the spirit of man's pushing these boys. I believe that the momentum of the nation is just enough to keep these guys going for these next three games to get to the to get to the ultimate goal that these guys live and dream and play for every single year. Because we're in it, Vinny. We're there. We got it. We got a chance. It's it's zero zero right now, Vinny. Zero zero right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. You got a chance, and I'm you know I'm not going to sit here and say the Raiders aren't, you know, potentially the better team than the Bengals right right now. Uh, I just got a uh, a, a message, uh, a, a DM, as they say, on Twitter from uh, my guy Doby uh, on Twitter, at Doby5382-3659. Um, and he, to put some numbers in perspective, and thanks for this, uh, Doby, I really appreciate it. He did some digging here. The Bengals had 38 yards at the 10-minute mark of the second quarter. 38 total yards, okay, at the second minute, uh, or, the, or excuse me, the 10-minute mark of the second quarter. Then they scored a touchdown on a 60- to 70-yard drive, half of which came on personal fouls after the Raiders had stopped them on third down. I vividly remember that, uh, and I know uh, the crowd at Allegiant Stadium, it was just like, taking the air out of the of the um, of, of the of their sales because those were just downers and again they get it gave the Bengals multiple extra lives on, on an important touchdown drive um, and the, the Bengals were up 10 to six at halftime uh, the Raiders defense was playing pretty good up until that point um, so you know you look at it and those penalties and there were penalties thanks Dobie there were penalties offensively and defensively that just you can't have. You just cannot have those kinds of, uh, of penalties. They were and they were demoralizing. I remember as I'm as I'm talking about that game, I'm kind of visually, sort of mentally putting myself uh, at Allegiant Stadium watching that game, and it was just kind of those you got to be kidding me kind of things, you know. Uh, where again, Unique Ngakwe just kind of touching Joe Burrow. Hey, the thing is, you can't do that. I you could scream. As loud as you want about the rule, you can howl about, you know, should the referees have that kind of control in a situation where the ball had left Burrow's hands, it, se- it seemed like an hour ago, um, whatever the case might be, and it, it did nothing, it didn't affect the play one one bit, but Unique Ngakwe can't do that because it literally gave the Bengals a fresh set of downs that they ended up scoring a touchdown on. Um, you, you just can't do it. And here's my thing. Um, you know, just to kind of reiterate what we said to start off the show. I don't, I mean, I'd be surprised if the Raiders played another game like that um, t- t- tomorrow. I had another repeat performance uh, of that. You know, they're they're just too wired right now. They're too locked in right now. Um, and they've, they've kind of cleaned up, not just kind of, they have cleaned up some of those mental errors and lack of focus penalties uh, and issues that plagued them in losses to the Bengals. Uh, to the New York Giants, um, it's 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 a different team mentally than it was even at that point of the season. So I expect the Raiders to clean that up, and if they're able to clean it up, then I again I, I expect a very competitive game, and I'm not ruling out whatsoever a Raiders win. Now, if the Bengals just square up and beat the Raiders on those terms, on their terms, and and the Raiders you know play a good game, then you just tip your cap. The frustrating. Um, part sometimes of sports is when you know and you look yourself in the mirror going man we kind of blew that one and I feel like the Raiders blew the game uh against the Cincinnati Bengals earlier this year as Derek Carr said you can't take anything away from the Bengals they had the wherewithal 
they had the ability to take advantage of some of those Raiders' mistakes, and they won the game on the scoreboard. And that's why they're hosting this game, and the Raiders aren't. That's part of the reason why they went on uh, to win a division championship, and the and the Raiders, you know, didn't. Um, so you got to tip your cap and you got to pay your respects to it. But it's not like sour grapes. I'm just literally pointing out some of the dynamics that led to that win. And we'd be less than honest if we didn't point out all of those mistakes that occurred uh, in that game. It really did contribute to uh, the Raiders just not being able to win win that game and the Bengals uh, winning that game. So uh, it is what it is. The Raiders can't afford to have a re- repeat performance whatsoever. Uh, otherwise, their seasons are going to come to a, uh, a sudden end here on the banks of the Ohio River um, against the against the Cincinnati Bengals. But again, I don't, I, I just, I, I don't see that happening. It would be a huge surprise if they kind of played a mental game like that. Not on, not on this stage. And I, I'll say this too, and not to take anything away from the Cincinnati Bengals, I think they're on their way. I think Joe Burrow has the it factor, the talent factor. When you throw in the the weapons that he has right now, uh, you know Jamar Chase, Higgins, um, Joe Mixon, the running back, an improving offensive line, uh, a defense that's gotten better. Um, I, I think a bright young coach and, and Zach Taylor covered him when he was with the Los Angeles Rams. I think they're on their way, and now with Big Ben, you know his future is kind of up in the air. We'll see who the Steelers are able to to you know uh, how they're going to be able to recover at quarterback, how long it's going to take them. Uh, to go get their new quarterback and, and find the leader of their of of their offense, so you almost have to set the Steelers aside right now because what's you know I, what's the answer there at quarterback? The the Baltimore Ravens, you know, a healthy Lamar Jackson obviously makes a big difference. So I think they're going to be uh, you know uh, up and running next year uh, with a healthy Lamar. But the Cincinnati Bengals now, to me, are set up in a way where they can rule that uh, NFC North here for the, for the foreseeable future with what they have. So nothing taking nothing away from the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're set up for a nice little run here. But if you were to say earlier this season or to start the season or before the season even started that the Raiders would be playing the Cincinnati Bengals in the first round of the playoffs, I'm, I'm, I'm just asking, I'm just out, Damon, I'll ask you that question. If you would have said the Raiders would make the playoffs in their first round opponent with the sight unseen, not seeing anything, you know, just take everything that you've seen this year out of your memory bank. And just, if, if you would have been told that the Raiders would be playing the Cincinnati Bengals to start the playoffs, what would your thoughts uh, uh, be at that point? So what, what do I, what all do I have to throw out of my mind? Well, just this this season, like forget about the results, forget about everything. You know, so do I have to forget that. that they played each other? No, no, no. Yeah, yes, yes, you do. Just okay. say like at the beginning of the season. Like I'm talking about in the re. I'm, there's a point that I'm trying to make here. If you were to said the Raiders' first round opponent in the playoffs would be the Cincinnati Bengals, you'd be like, what? What would your first the, back in August? Oh, that'd have been a tough one. Well, because. I would have thought did the Raiders win the AFC West because I wouldn't have thought that Cincinnati was winning the AFC North. So if you would have told me at the beginning of the season, I would have like I would have believed more that the Raiders somehow won the AFC West than I would have believed that the Cincinnati Bengals won the AFC North. And I think that basically what you're saying, the general consensus is you would take that matchup, the Cincinnati Bengals, rather than, you know, the the Patriots or the, you know, name any of the other, the Kansas City Chiefs. Like you would say, okay, the Bengals. All right. I, I, I like that. I like that matchup. I'll take that. You know, if you're a Raider fan, that's something that you would take. And and here's what I'm saying is like, 
I like where the Bengals are. I like where they're headed. I like um, the team that they have and, and the future that they have. But I don't know how they're going to react to their first playoff appearance uh, either. I know Joe Burrow has been on plenty of big stages. Well, not plenty, but um, at least one. A couple. The uh, SEC championship game and the uh, some big games in the SEC. Uh, you know, obviously winning the national championship. Had a lot of talent on his team, and, and he took advantage of that as well. But you never know sometimes how a guy is going to react to his first NFL playoff game. So there's some questions about, about that uh, as well. So I'm not... Like, I'm not all the way on the Bengals bandwagon right now. And and again, had you had said, even me as a, a, a somebody who covers the Raiders, okay, the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. Okay, that's somewhat of a surprise. That I mean, obviously, anyone would take that if you're a fan. And yeah, the, the their first opponent is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. I think you'd say, okay, all right. Um, I think the Raiders have a pretty good shot at that. And I still think that right now. Uh, even though I really, truly do respect uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to go back out, or not the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, and their great young quarterback in Joe Burrow. But I am interested to see how Joe Burrow handles uh, first playoff game of his NFL career. By the way, guess who also is playing in his first playoff game? <laughs> Derek Carr. Uh, he, he helped get his team to the 2016 playoffs. He didn't get a chance to play because uh, he got hurt uh, the game before or the second and the last game of the regular season. So this is Derek Carr's First playoff appearance, I think he's ready to seize the moment. And I think he knows now, especially now, after everything that's happened, or especially over this last month or so, he doesn't have to carry the weight of the world. There's a lot of talent on this Raiders team. There's a good defense that he's got alongside him. He's now got a run game that he can depend on. Darren Waller is back. Hunter Renfro is Hunter Renfro. Zay Jones is developing into a complimentary player. This isn't a situation where Derek Carr has got to be, you know, um, the second coming of name, whatever great quarterback it is, Just play a good, solid, clean football game. And his team is going to be in uh, the hunt without question. Joey is in Alhambra. How you doing, Joey? Joey, do we got you? Hey, yeah, sorry. Um, I'm just wanted to call in to say I'm super pumped for tomorrow. Um, you're making all these great points, like the same with Joe Burrow. A lot of respect for him. He's the new guy coming up. He's probably got a good future. Same like with Justin Herbert. But Derek's just playing, you know, on lock right now. He's playing. Uh, this is what he's been playing for. He said it himself. And these guys, this team, obviously we say it over and over what they've gone through this year. They they just seem like they're on a mission right now, and I don't I don't see if, if we could get past the Bengals, I don't see why they can't go the whole way. They're you know they're playing great defense. They the offense has improved. The offensive line has improved. Josh Jacobs stepped up huge last game, and it's just it's super exciting just for the fans and for the team and for everyone. I completely agree. And oh by the way. You talked about Justin Herbert, who, uh, you know, I think is the second coming himself, uh, along with Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow, obviously, is just a fantastic player. But, you know, you go back to December 5th, the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert rolled into Cincinnati and beat them 41 to 22. So it just a reminder that this has been a year where it's hard to predict things. There's a lot of parody. It's who shows up on that particular day. I don't think there's a wide uh, gap in terms of talent. Uh, and I think, again, if the Raiders can clean up 
their act from November 21st and just play and give themselves an opportunity tossing aside penalties and bonehead plays and all that kind of stuff. There's no doubt in my mind that they could do what the Chargers did and beat the Bengals and just remember who the Raiders just beat to get here. The Chargers. Uh, So, you know, there's no doubt in my mind uh, that this could be a competitive football game and that the Raiders can come back to Las Vegas with the win and figuring out who's next uh, on this uh, on this roller coaster ride that the Raiders have put uh, their Raider Nation on. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Friday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. We're going right out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcoming in Chuck Esposito. He is the race and sports book director of Red Rock Casino. Chuck Esposito, thanks for spending some time with us in the huddle. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Vinny. Happy to be on with you. It's a, it's a fun weekend if you're a Raider fan. They've been playing playoff football for a, for a month now, and now the real season starts. And we will get to that in just a little while because, let's face it, this is a fun weekend, period, man. Like, I, I, I did a, a radio show in Los Angeles earlier today and, you know, uh, asking about every single game. I'm going to ask you uh, about a bunch of them as well. And it's just like one intriguing matchup after another. Even some of the so-called you know, uh, gimmies maybe aren't necessarily gimmies and, and it'll be interesting to see who shows up and who doesn't show up. And where I want to start uh, right off the bat, there's two games that are really caught my eye and that's the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. I can make a justification, an argument that I can't figure out who's going to win either one of those games. I can see uh, all four teams winning that uh, e- each of those two games. Um, where are you on uh, with those two games? Let's let's talk about the Rams against the uh, Cardinals first. I'm the same as you, Vinny. I, I think the big key this year is unpredictability, and you just don't know what's going to happen this year. It's been a kind of a crazy season, starting with the Cardinals and Rams, as you mentioned. I mean, this is one of those games where it is a 50-50 ticket split so far here at STN Sports and Station Casinos. Um, you've seen a little bit of action early on the Cardinals where this number came down a little bit. These two teams each won uh, in their opposition's home field. Cardinals won in L.A. Um, 37-20. to And then the Rams won in Arizona 30-23. to I think the big thing is is that for Arizona, no DeAndre Hopkins. Without Hopkins, they've just been a different player, yet they went into Dallas late in the season and won the Rams, their defense is built to win a Super Bowl. You've got, you know, such a star power there with Donald and, and Ramsey and Miller. The big thing is offensively, Matt Stafford has really turned the ball over a lot this year. I think it hurt them not having Robert Woods. And the Rams are a little bit over a field goal favorite. But again, it's a 50-50 split as far as tickets go so far. Chuck, uh, you mentioned Matthew Stafford, and I was going to ask you about that. How does he change things a little bit right now in terms of um, you know, wh- where where you guys see this game because, you know, if he's on, there's no – to me, this is a win for the Rams and, and plenty of other games that were struggles or losses would have been wins as well or e- easier wins or just wins, but he just has this penchant right now of really shooting himself in the foot and putting his team in bad positions. Uh, how does he kind of sway the way you guys see games? 
Well, I think he swayed the betters a little bit, Vinny, because we've seen this number come down. Um, I think, you know, you got to remember, he spent how many years with the Detroit Lions? I mean, they weren't playing in January. So, I mean, he was always great between the 20s, uh, struggled in the red zone. He's got to right the ship. This is a guy that Sean McVay went out and handpicked um, to be his quarterback. He knew his defense was good enough. He knew his skill position players were good enough on offense. He needed a quarterback to take them to the next level. So is there some added pressure on Stafford? I think, heck yeah, there is. But if he's on, he's awfully good. But Kyle Murray's an exciting player to watch. And, again, he went into Dallas and had a big win just a few weeks ago. All right, so the Cowboys and the 49ers. It feels like the 49ers are are kind of surging at the right time. Uh, I really like what they do defensively, especially up front, kind of masks some of the uh, weaknesses they may have on the back end uh, when they can get a dominating performance up front. That defense just plays a little bit better. Jimmy Garoppolo, at least he's been there, um, kind of knows how to play in these kind of games. Uh, I like Kyle Shanahan, uh, the coach. I'm not sure, conversely, what we're going to see, what we're going to get from the Dallas Cowboys. Where do you uh, stand on this game? You know, Vinny, I think the Cowboys are a good enough team that they could be playing in February. Um, you know, this is the other game. It's funny. You targeted the first two games that are both kind of a 50-50 split in tickets written. Um, these two teams, it's not going to be Joe Montana throwing to Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone here. They're both different teams right now. Um, I think the key to me is San Francisco is an awfully good road team, a uh, better road team than they are a home team. They were just 4-4 four and four at home. They're 6-3 and three on the road. For me, had they not had that 17-point comeback, they would have been the biggest disappointment in the NFC. In the AFC, it's Ravens, Browns, who really struggled um, and weren't able to get to the next level. But in the NFC, it would have been the Niners. But, hey, they're here. They're about a field goal underdog in this game. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of Niner money come in uh, just based on what they've done on the road this year. But the Cowboys are a popular team as well. And uh, this is a game for me that I'm really looking forward to watch. I still think the Cowboys, if they can get by this first round, uh, they are a team that is built to kind of play with Green Bay because of the way they play defense. By the way, you mentioned Dwight Clark. uh, And as a kid who grew up, um, probably like a lot of kids, hating the Cowboys because they used to always (laughs) have my team's number. You never know. You never know where something's going to turn because I think the world was rooting for the. You know, obviously the Cowboys. You have a legion of fans, but it was like either love them or hate them. And so I think a lot of people were on the 49ers at that point. But who knew what juggernaut was getting created after that one play and what happened ultimately happened with the 49ers? So things can turn on a dime, and that's why we love uh, sports uh, so much. That 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 turned things for both franchises, especially for the 49ers. Uh, but getting back to present time, um, I really am curious and interested and intrigued by the Buffalo Bills against the New England Patriots. Uh, Everything points to the Bills being the better team. They have the better quarterback right now. They're at home. Uh, They've got the more dynamic offense. There's a lot to like about where the Buffalo Bills are in this particular game, except there's a guy by the name of Bill Belichick over on the (laughs) other sideline. (laughs) And it's like, okay, you're you're giving him a third time to play an opponent in the in a calendar year uh, there's nobody i think that has a better book or more thorough book on how to deal with josh allen uh, than bill belichick and the patriots and so for that reason i'm not ruling out the patriots figuring out some sort of a way to be able to go into buffalo and, and win a game it's it is it's an intriguing matchup i mean you you look at buffalo in this game they're a little bit over a field goal favorite 
they are playing against the best road team in the AFC, and that's the Patriots, who are 6-2. and two. They split this year. Um, New England went into Buffalo on a primetime game, Monday night football. It was ugly. It was in the single digits. It was snowy. It was windy. It was blustery. They won 14-10. to 10. Guess what the conditions are supposed to be like this Saturday night? Exactly the same thing. In that game, Mac Jones threw three times, only three times, and the Patriots rushed 46 times for over 230 yards. Now they played late in the season in Buff- or in New England, and Buffalo went in there and won 33-21, and Allen threw for 314 yards in that game, and Mac Jones had two costly INTs. So if you're looking at the weather, um, it definitely favors kind of a low-scoring, tight game, which wouldn't help Josh Allen, but these two teams know each other. They each won on the opposition's field. 60% of the tickets are on the Bills. Uh, it's a game that I'm looking forward to watching on Sunday night or on uh, on Saturday night, Vinny. And of course, Bill Belichick being Bill Belichick, he's going to spread it out and throw it 40 times in that game. He just, uh, might. just... He just you know, I'm not putting a prop up over under three passes uh, for Mac Jones in this game, but I think he does throw more than more than three times. Yes, I think so too. Although you never know uh, with with that head coach. Uh, all right, so and we're talking to Chuck Esposito uh, from um, uh, the Red Rock Casino. Uh, he is the race and sports book director of the Red Rock Casino. All right, Chuck, um, the Kansas City Chiefs against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, there's no rightly reason for us to think that the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, can go into Kansas City, right, uh, and, and and beat the Chiefs. However. You know, the Chiefs, I, to me, they just have never been the Chiefs this year uh, that we've known, um, you know, in respect to these last few years, which worries, you know, a lot of people because at some point they are going to be the Chiefs. And if that ever happens this year, they're probably the best team in the NFL and everyone else can go home. But I don't know. I don't know if they're ever going to be the Chiefs this year. And while I don't really give the Steelers much of a chance with Big Ben playing likely his, uh, you know, last making his last, you know, uh, rodeo here, um, strange things can sometimes happen. Where where are you with this game? Yeah, I mean, they're the biggest favorite on the board, Vinny. The Chiefs almost approaching uh, two touchdowns. Fifty six percent of the tickets are on the Chiefs. Um, and you're right about Kansas City. After the first five weeks of the season, they were in last in the AFC West. Yet they had the second lowest odds in the AFC behind Buffalo at the time, uh, to make it to the Super Bowl, or to win the Super Bowl. Um, they're tied with the Titans for the best home record in the AFC at 7-2. and and They led Pittsburgh the last time they played 30-0 to before Pittsburgh finally scored 10 points and ultimately lost 36-10. So on paper, you look at this Chief team, their defense has played better the last two months of the season. They've been to back-to-back big games. They prefer to have the bye, but they let it slip away from them late in the season. And, hey, Big Ben gets to play again. What does he have to lose? I mean, they can go out there and be just kind of free a little bit and know that with Najee Harris and, and, and some of the weapons they have on offense with Johnson and Claypool, that they still can compete, I think, from the offensive side. They just can't get behind big like they did the last time these two teams played. Yeah, completely agree. And the last game before we get to the Raiders um, and, and Cincinnati Bengals, the Eagles go into Tampa Bay. Um, really happy for the Eagles uh, and impressed with what they've done this year. I think they're you know a little bit ahead of schedule uh, based on where we probably thought they were going to be at this point. Um, you know, but I, I think there's some troubling aspects to this game for the Philadelphia Eagles. They love to run the ball. They're one of the best at running the ball. 
that Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one of the best at stopping the run. Uh, if this gets into a situation where Jalen Hurts uh, has to be the guy, I'm not sure he's there yet, uh, especially on this kind of a stage. So uh, that would be a little bit worrisome for me if I'm an Eagles fan. Conversely, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, are, are getting healthy at the right time. And obviously it's Tom Brady and he's at home. Um, any reason to think that the Eagles have a legit chance here? You know, again, it's unpredictability this year. Um, don't forget, these two teams played on Monday Night Football during the season. It was a game that was 28-7 Tampa. Uh, we were huge Eagle fans on our side of the counter. They kind of had dominated that game. In the last six minutes, though, they gave up 15 points, including two touchdowns and a two-point conversion. They ultimately won 28-22, um, but at least Philadelphia was competitive in that game. Um, although Tampa's the second-best home team at 7-1, and one, only follow Green Bay, who's undefeated at home at eight and two. Similar to San Francisco, the Eagles are six and three on the road, so they can run the ball, they can control clock and tempo, and they're okay playing on the road. You're absolutely right, though. This is a tough spot for a young quarterback in Hurts. The betters are clearly backing the Bucks, as over seventy percent of the tickets are on Tampa. That is our most lopsided of the six games this weekend. But hey, that's why they play the games. The Bucks are a little bit beat up, should have Fournette and Evans back. No Chris Godwin, um, but the Eagles are a team that nobody wants to play right now. And the Sharps are sophisticated betters that really backed them the last month or month and a half of the season. I think it's more their style of play, that they just win ugly, can clo- control clock and tempo, and try to keep it close. I agree with you on that. Uh, we're talking to Chuck Esposito. from the uh, He's the race and sports book director at the Red Rock uh, Casino. Okay, uh, so that takes us to the Las Vegas Raiders against the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to spit some numbers at you, uh, Chuck, really quick. Uh, in the first matchup uh, back in November, no, uh, November 21st, I think it was, uh, 70 plays to 47 in favor of uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Seven uh, penalties for the Raiders, one for uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Two turnovers for the Raiders, one for the uh, Bengals. 37 minutes and 20 seconds of ball possession for the Bengals. 22 minutes and 40 seconds uh, for the Raiders. Those are bad numbers for the Raiders. Um, and I thought it contributed, and I was there at that game, to a close game becoming kind of a blowout uh, at the end because it just felt like the Raiders' defense wiltered. But that was a game where the Raiders did everything in their to beat themselves. It was kind of uncanny after a while. All the third down penalties offensively and defensively, just giving the Bengals new life or sabotaging their, their own efforts. I mean, I can see if the Raiders can clean that up, and I don't expect them to have that kind of a game tomorrow. They're going to give themselves a chance tomorrow. How realistic a chance do you feel uh, uh, they have, and, and what are the numbers looking from you guys' end? I think, first of all, as I kind of said when we first jumped on the air, Vinny, um, this is a Raider team that, since that loss to the Chiefs, has won four straight games. They have been playing playoff football for the last month. They needed some help, but they had to win out, and they were able to achieve that. I'll give you some numbers as well. In that first matchup, guess who had more yards passing, Joe Burrow or Carr? It was Carr. Guess who had arguably his best day of the year? That was Waller. Guess who's going to be healthy and back in this game? That's Waller. Guess what the score was in that game going into the fourth quarter? 13-6. to six. So if you're looking for a team that is comfortable on the road, the Raiders were 5-3 and three away. I think they were 6-2 and two last year away. So they're comfortable playing in the East Coast, going back, playing on the road. They've been playing playoff football. We know it's been a tough year for them. Circle the wagons. 
you know, the, the, the resignation of Gruden, some of the unfortunate incidents off the field. But, hey, they like each other. They play hard for Bisace. Um, I think they're fine in this role. I think there's a lot more pressure on Cincy here. And if I'm the Raiders, I watch those first three quarters. How did we keep it so close? What did we do? Let's duplicate that in the fourth quarter. 56% of the tickets are on the Raiders. From the fan side of it, we always want to see the Raiders look play well. But I'm guessing when they kick off on Saturday, or on Saturday morning as the first game, we will probably need the Bengals from the liability side. Yep, uh, absolutely. Chuck Esposito, thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Truly appreciate it. Enjoy uh, the great games. Is there any uh, anything that you want to tell the fans in terms of an app or anything like that uh, that they can? Absolutely. Uh, uh... Yeah, absolutely, Vinny. I mean, with all these games going on, it's such a great time to get signed up for SDN Sports, our, our mobile app, up to a hundred dollar uh, um, bonus right now going on for new signups. The cool SDN cap. And everything's going on right now. It really does bring the sports book to you. So get signed up today. All right, Chuck. Thank you very much. Enjoy the weekend, brother. We'll talk to you down the road. All right. Thanks, Vinny. You too. That was Chuck Esposito uh, from the Red Rock Casino. It is a great weekend uh, of football. You got to give the NFL credit, man. Uh, I know that you know. There's there's things that sometimes you scratch your head at. Uh, nobody's perfect, uh, obviously, but the way they've set up this new playoff format. Uh, to have games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Are you kidding me, man? This is like nirvana uh, for a sports fan and certainly for a football fan. I cannot wait. And just to, uh, Chuck said uh, to the, the morning game tomorrow. I almost had a heart attack when I heard that. No, it's actually 1.30 local time uh, in Las Vegas, so not quite a morning game. Uh, and definitely 4.30 uh, my time here in Cincinnati. So uh, I'm glad I got that uh, that squared away. But really thanks uh, to Chuck Esposito for joining us. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Friday, the night before the big game. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonsignor. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Friday. Dijon is on the Raider Nation guest line. How you doing, Dijon? I'm doing good. How you doing, man? Doing all right. Doing all right. Just chilling here in Cincinnati. It's cool, but not uh, unbearable. So I think it's going to be okay uh, for the Raiders. It's supposed to be 32 degrees tomorrow, about nine uh, mile per hour winds. So uh, that's doable. No question about it. Hey, Gooden, that is doable, and this whole schedule is doable, man. We in the playoffs, man. You know how long it's been? I know you know how long it's been. <laughs> it's been five years, uh, but really, I mean, when you think about it, it's been since 2022 or 20, 2002 since, you know, this was a consistent yeah. thing for the Raiders. So uh, only the second time since their I last Super Bowl. when I the Raiders as being my favorite team was in 2022 and downhill. The schedule is doable. We can do it, you know. Um, I, I feel like, you know, we go into Cincinnati. I know we can beat Cincinnati. Um, I'm a Derek Carr fan. I just know we can beat Cincinnati. But I just want to know, um, Charles Woodson, you know, he called out the team recently. I don't know if you've talked about it, but he just called out the team saying that we do need to blitz. And I think that that's a major point that we have to get to we have to get to Joe Burrow. We cannot let Justin Herbert come back like he did last week, you know? And it's like we have Walter back. Uh, we haven't introduced Deshaun Watson, you know, yet. But I just want to know, you know, would the, like the playoff scenario to me is doable. 
what do you think about you know how the tips are stacking and what we need to do as far as do you think Gus Bradley has gotten the message that Charles Wilson has you know? Well, he has. I mean, there's definitely been uh, some 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 blitzes along the way, but. You know, in that Cincinnati Bengals game earlier this year, the Raiders got to Joe Burrow three times. They also hit him five times. Uh, and I know they had a bunch of pressures uh, as well. And that was generally with their with their, you know, four uh, down linemen. It's it's a it's a recipe that works for the Raiders. Um, you know, uh, to me, Joe and, and Justin Herbert are, are two different kinds of quarterbacks. Kind of similar, but but not they're just not the, uh, exactly wired the same uh, either. Uh, and the and also <clears throat> the Bengals offensive line just isn't as good as the Chargers offensive line. Now I know that the Chargers uh, had some weaknesses, especially on the right side, but I think that collectively they're better than than the um, you know than the Cincinnati Bengals and the Raiders really did get after uh, Joe Herbert. Listen, Herbert beat them on fourth downs just on sheer like will and sheer like just making unbelievable plays. But if you go back and, and 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 watch that game, the Raiders got after Justin Herbert a lot. I mean, they forced him into a whole bunch of fourth down plays as a result of that. He just kept making plays. Uh, if they can get to Burrow the way they got to Justin Herbert, um, I think they're going to be in really good shape to win this game because I just don't see I, – I, I know Joe Burrow is a great quarterback, but playing under the kind of duress that Herbert was last week, I'm not so sure that – Joe Burrow is going to respond um, as well. And let's face it, again, I have to reiterate this. From downs one through three, the Raiders were lights out last week against the Chargers and Joe Burrow. It's just when they got to some third down situations, a couple of them were like third and forevers too. Herbert just pulled rabbits out of his hat. It's, it was just one of those days for the quarterback. So I don't know what they're going to do to get to Joe Burrow, but uh, and I think they will. Uh, blitz a little bit more than they have in the past, but if they could get to him with their four down linemen, I, I think that that then helps them on the back end because do the math. Now you got seven guys to defend, five guys uh, on the back end. You're in the huddle. Thanks for the call. Uh, I really appreciate it, John. Uh, we're, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Keep the calls coming because uh, we're going to get to as many as we can. I want your thoughts on what you think is going to happen uh, tomorrow against the Cincinnati Bengals, what you want to happen. I have a feeling I know what you want to happen, but what your thoughts are, what your concerns are, where you feel good, uh, what's kind of lit, keeping you up at night a little bit, thinking about the Cincinnati Bengal uh, matchup, uh, give us a call. We're here to talk. Friday night, the night before the big game, we'll check you out after the break.